Hey, listen, for wherever you're joining us from, uh, welcome to our Sunday service. My name is Pastor Emmanuel D.K., lead pastor of the Enlightened Church, and it is my delight to have you here. But beyond just having you here, it is my delight, my greatest honor, privilege, and joy to announce officially that in about three, four weeks from now, I can I just cannot please place my finger on how many weeks it is exactly but uh pardon me but on the 20th 21st and 22nd of july 2023 we will be having advanced conference called version two come on are you just grateful for god come on hallelujah amen advanced conference 2023 is set for this 20th 21st and 22nd of july 2023 hey listen registration opens very soon maybe between today and tomorrow registration should be open so ensure you register register everybody in your home and make sure you bring them along with you to advance this year man it's a great time it's, it's going to be amazing i'm telling you the lineup of ministers of of what, what we're going to be doing oh my god it is so out of the box and it is going to be amazing um you're probably like i mean for those who are probably like hey pastor mano i mean really i would love to be at advance but the issue is that because you say ish, because this is 2023, uh, you say ish, the ish is that um, I leave far, I don't leave any lorry, uh, probably I'm in Lagos or whatever it is. Hey listen, we got you covered, we've got accommodations for you, if you want to uh, uh, stay here, if you want to, uh, uh, coming from a place that is far enough, we've got accommodations for those who would want an accommodation for the duration of the conference. And that's it. it's on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So Saturday you go back wherever to wherever you come from, or you stay till Sunday. We got accommodation for you, so you don't want to miss it. You want to be a part of it. Don't miss it for anything. God bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um. So we got accommodation. So registrations will be available will be available between today and tomorrow. And show you register everybody and tell everybody to come. All right, man. I'm telling you, it's going to be an amazing time in God's presence. It's going to be worship like never before, y'all. I have, and I'm saying this with all of my mind, might, and, I'm, and this is going to go out to, to be on podcast. And we're not cutting this part away because normally, usually, we would cut out the first section or segment or whatever I say, and then we just got cut right through to the word. But no, we are putting this entire thing out there. I have um, lived, or I, I have carried the vision of this church, and I'm sorry, this would sound somehow, but genuinely, I have carried it below standard. I mean, the vision God has given me is one of standard. God does not give substandard products. God's gifts are always, says, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow to it. Meaning it is not substandard. God doesn't sell fake. And God doesn't, ha- doesn't you know, give piss me gifts or whatever. No, 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 no. He doesn't do that. He gives excellence. And he's an excellent God. And so everything he creates and, and, and curates must be excellent. And I have not showed that, that responsibility very well. I'm not going to lie to you. But I'm telling you, this new iteration that we're on now as a church, advanced conference, I'm telling you, y'all, it is, and I'm, it is different. Everybody say different. Advanced 2023 is different. You don't want to miss it. Get registered. The link is going to be bit.ly forward slash version 2 TEC. Bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash version two that's number two tc it's going to be a link to be available as soon as possible and you would go there and register uh, maybe at the time that this podcast is out 
for people who will listen on podcast that time is going to be out the link should probably be would definitely be open by then so you can ensure you, as you're listening to me in one ear you're registering with your ends god bless you in the name of jesus and by the way registration is free conference is for free uh save for those who want except for those who want to get accommodations with just a, a little gift a little talking about a thousand five hundred naira or two thousand or as much as you want to give uh, God bless you. We accept it. Uh, God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're ready for God's word right now, would you just say, I'm ready for God's word? Come on, say it again. When we say, when you say I am ready for God's word. Amen. Now, uh, man, it's, it, I have got God's word in hand today, and you don't want to miss any part of what God's about to say to us as a church today. If you have your Bibles, please do join me in the book of 2 Kings. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Second Kings, the book of Second Kings. The book of Second Kings, chapter 4. Second Kings, chapter 4, and we'll read from verse 1 um, down. It says this The wife of a man came from the, from, sorry, a wife from the man from the company of the prophets came out and cried to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. He revered the Lord. He feared the Lord. That's what it means. That reverential fear. He stood in awe of God. He revered the Lord. And he is dead. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves because he was in great debt before he died. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And then she replied, Your servant has nothing there at all. She said, except a small jar of olive oil. Now Elisha said, Go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. As each is filled, put it to one side. Uh, Church, this afternoon, the word that I believe God has given me for this moment, it's been in my spirit. Um, it's actually, this is gonna sound, the title of my sermon is gonna sound so double way, but really lean into it. I'm telling you, it's 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 a it's it's a blessing. I'm telling you, this sermon is a blessing for me already. Um, the title of the sermon is "Give Up Your Oil." Come on, everybody, say with me: "Give up your oil." One more time: "Give up." Come on. Your oil. One more time. One last time. Give up your oil. Amen. Hey, let's just bow our heads right now as we say, as we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for your time like this in your presence, Jesus. Your word says the entrance of your word gives light and understanding to our, into the simple. To the simple. That's to our simple hearts, God. So we come before you Father, right now, Father God. We are just open. We are asking that you would fill us with the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Meet us where we are, Holy Spirit. And let there be revelation and unraveling of light, life, and depth of knowledge, wisdom, glory, and awe of the Almighty. Thank you, Father God. May your name be praised. It's in Jesus' mighty name that we have prayed. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in God's presence. Hallelujah. I love this word. I love this word indeed. Give up your oil. Give up your oil give up your oil i love this passage so much genuinely because 
I have this thing where I don't always remember how the sermons I have preached. I don't know how many sermons I've preached this for the past three years. And I don't know if you know this, but on the 18th of July, 2023, uh, that's next month, uh, we will be celebrating our third year as a church. It's our third year anniversary as a church. It's no small thing. It's a three-year-old kid already speaks English. So you can tell the vision is taking form already because we are three years, we're taking form, right? And it's, an, it's just an amazing, it's been amazing, completely amazing. And or amazing as well. <laughs> um, but over the last three years, I've had to learn, you know, through different seasons. I've had to experience God, or not just, not just, let me just say, not, let me just say experience God. I've had to live through various seasons, varying seasons. I've lived in a season where it was, there was plenty. I've lived in a season where we had a whole, uh, we were using. I've lived in a season where we had, where we were using our living room at the time for services. I've lived in a season where we moved from living room, this was last year. We moved into a hall, which we still use today. And, uh, and uh, we lived in a season where genuinely we could not even pay for the hall. Yeah, crazy, right? We couldn't pay for the hall, so we had to withdraw into using, into, and just God is so perfect. Everything just kind of aligned, you know. Uh, and from us not having a hole, and we're like, what do we do? What do we do? God had opened a way already, an online platform where you're on right now. And uh, we, we started using online. The old Daddy Issues series was preached from my living room. I'm telling you, I preached the entire eight weeks of Daddy Issues from my living room, and it reached more people than I could have with my foot, just going back and forth, right? And um, we've lived through varying seasons, various seasons. When I say varying, I mean different. It's been mountains, valleys, mountains, valleys, and we've lived through all of these seasons. And this is one reason I'm grateful to God. We're celebrating our 30th anniversary in about three weeks or so, and it's just God gets all the glory indeed. Come on, everybody say, God gets all the glory. Amen. Now, it's not because I've been the best leader. No, I haven't. Um, I've, I, I have sadly had to say goodbye to some people on the way. Uh, I had to. I have gotten so mad at people. I have been mad at myself. I've acted badly. I've fallen short of God's glory several times. I have placed my hand on the plow and looked back several times. But God has been faithful. Amen. Now, and as we we're on the road and journey to advance this this year, um, I feel that this word that is on my spirit really is a word for now. Everybody say now. Amen. I feel that this word that God has placed in my spirit is really a now word. It's a now word. It's a word for now that is building us up to advance. It's the Holy Spirit. You see, that advances this year is majorly for the Holy Spirit. Last year, advance was freedom. It was like freedom conference, right? Because we're talking about freedom, the force of freedom and all that. But this year, it's the Holy Spirit made manifest in different ways, right? And I'm telling you, it's going to be amazing. So again, register. This is a shameful plug. I don't care. But register for Advanced 2023, Advanced Version 2.0. Now, the text that we read earlier um, talked about a woman who's a widow. Her husband was a servant or a co-prophet. It was amongst the prophets that, were, that served under Elisha. Because you see, prophets... Though they operate in a, you know, this with this divine authority and audacity, they are all still subject. There is no gift that does not have um, a father, or uh, there, there is no level where we do not have fathers anymore. Until God makes us a father, we must be under someone, a father. Anyway, and so we see 
this prophet's wife because the prophet now he's late and he had incurred so much debt and his wife and his sons are at the verge his wife rather is at the verge of losing their two sons to his creditors they would work as slaves and serve probably till they die because because i'm guessing that this debt is so great so much so that they don't have anything in their house and we find her coming to Elisha and saying, Hey, Elisha, remember that your servant, my husband, served you faithfully. But now he's dead and the creators have come to take his two sons, our two sons. And I don't have anything to do. And then Elisha turned to her and was like, you know, in verse 2, what do you have? And this question sounds so simple. But... Depending on the season we are, this question translates differently. Are you following me now? Depending on the season you are in, at the moment that you're hearing this, at the time that you're in, so if, you're, if this question was posed to you, what do you have? Your answer would differ. It would be based on the season that you're in. Because genuinely, you could see this question could be thought about in two different ways. Number one, as a question of inventory, Number two, as a question that reveals insecurity. Are you following me now? This question, what do you have? Could be as number one, a question that, re, that, that, that uh, that's a question of inventory. You know, let's go. I'm going through my software and see what do I have, what do I have, what do I have, what do I have, what do I have. Or a question that reveals my insecurity. It's a question that makes me insecure. Because now it's a question of, you, I don't, why, 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 why are you asking? Why, why are you asking? What do I have? You know what I'm saying? And so it could be a question of inventory, or a question that reveals insecurity, depending on the season that you're in. And then the woman says, "I have nothing." She said, "Hey, except a small jar of oil, an insignificant amount of oil." Thank you, Holy Spirit. A small jar of oil. She said, that's all I have. Your servant only has a small jar of olive oil. An insignificant amount. It's not enough. It's insufficient. You know, how many of you feel like that in the in, in past couple of weeks? Honestly, let's just, just be honest with ourselves. Right? You felt like, I don't have enough oil. It's an insignificant amount. That's why she called it small. That's why she said, I have nothing. Because what she did have was was too insignificant to be counted. I don't think I am. I don't think I'm talented enough. For example, I feel an insufficient amount of, of strength for my calling. I don't think I am gifted enough. I don't think I am strong enough. I don't think I have the resources enough. Are you following me now, church? And so it's it could be a question of inventory, but it could also be translated as. A question that reveals insecurity. Because I don't know about you, but I felt, I felt insecure in the worst places. The worst and craziest of times. Three years, huh? You want to celebrate? You want to clap? You want to you say, wow, I'm proud of you. But I probably have friends who are like, man. I'm, okay, I talked to a friend from weeks ago and I was like, hey, you know, it's actually funny that the line church is going to be three years in a few weeks. And they're like, oh my God, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm like, yeah. Thank you. Where were you? <laughs> right? Because it's like, they make it sound like, oh man, you survived. I did. Thank God. <gasps> but I don't even know if I've got enough inside of me, honestly. 
right? Because sometimes I, I, I remember that's my that, that my friend, that same person I called and I told about the line trust anniversary. Uh, you know, it's been thirty years in a few weeks. I remember calling her some years ago, and I was like, "Hey, listen, I feel tired." I remember doing that. I don't know if she remembers that, but I remember calling her and saying, "Yo, girl, I am tired." She's been my friend for quite some time. I said, "Listen, I am tired." I don't feel like I have the strength to go on. And so if you had asked me then, what do you have? What do you think my response would have been? Would I, do you think I would have said, I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might? Uh-uh. I wouldn't have. I would say, I don't have anything. And the only strength that I have is so little that I am hoping that it's, that is the only thing I have that gets me by day by day. Because if I lose that strength and lose hope, I might as well be suicidal. Or even take my own life. And that is the only strength I have because I do not feel like I have enough oil. I've got only a small jar of olive oil. I don't know about you, but I have a feeling that someone right now feels the same way. You just feel like you've got a little jar, a small jar of oil. You don't have enough. It feels like you only have little. You've only got a little small jar of oil, she said. And then Elisha answered, verse 3 of that same second kingship, the four. He said, go around and ask all your neighbors. Go around and ask. If that question, if that instruction was given to me when I felt the lowest, or other times, times when I felt the lowest, the first question would have, would have been, ask for what? Go and ask. Ask for what? People who can do it better than you? You know, because it's, it's like, imagine my friend, that my friend asking me, uh, you feel tired, Emmanuel? Go out and look for people who are better than you. You know, leave ministry for people who, are, who, can, who, who know it better than you, who can do better than you, right? Because it, that's, that, that, I'm, that, I'm, that, she didn't say that, right? But this is how I would have processed it. Because like I said, the answer really is based and dependent on the season that I find myself in. Is there a question of inventory? Or is it a question that reveals insecurity? Hey, follow me now. And insecurity really comes from a, a, a feeling of insufficiency. I don't know if you know that. Insecurity, insecurity answers insufficiency. I mean, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. It said an empty barrel makes the loudest noise. Do you, have you heard that quote before? The empty barrels are the ones who make the, are the ones that make the loudest noise or noises. And so what it means is that the reason it makes so much noise. It's because it is not filled. What I'm saying is, the insecurity, it could be reflected or, you know, in how frustrated you get or how, how um, uh, closed up you are you, to even correction, for example. And how you just go off and you get angry when somebody's trying to correct you or something like that. Or whatever it is, that insecurity that you feel always comes from an in-depth, a deeper sense of insufficiency. Are you following me now, church? The insecurity always translates, I don't feel sufficient enough. Amen now. It always tells us, it's always given, I don't feel sufficient enough. And so when, she, when Elijah says, go and ask, probably I would have been thinking, ask for what? Ask for people who can do it better than I can? Right? For, uh, uh, people, uh, am I going to go and, uh, are you saying I, I should go and ask for people who do all the work that 
and I don't have to do it. So I don't have to do it. Are you saying I should go look for people who can do it better than me? People who can do it, who can, who, 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 who are more talented than I am. Look for people who are more skilled than you are. Is that what Elisha is saying? Or is Elisha even asking? Go and look for people with oil. What I mean is, Elisha is because I, I would have probably thought about it in this way, and I'm talking, and I'm talking about this from the point or angle of ministry. Really, discusses the one thing I I really understand and relate with, and probably this meets you in a different season. But I just know with, I just know I feel it in my guts, right deep down in my guts, that you understand what I'm talking about. Because I'm telling you, sometimes the way we try to cure our insecurity is by looking for people who have got it all figured out on the surface. The way you, you, the, you know what I'm talking about? You spend the middle of the night, you're going through Instagram, just looking at the, those people's posts. And you are, you are like, man, I started off trying, hoping that one day I'll look like this, but what I look like right, right now does not look anything like this. And you feel what's insecure. And so when Elisha so asks, tells you, go and ask. The first thing in your mind is, what am I asking for? Am I going to ask for people who have oil? Who have sufficient, insufficiency or whatever. What I don't have enough of. I'm following me now, church. Is Elisha saying, go and ask for people who have more of what you lack? I mean, it, it sounds like a leadership statement surround yourself with people who have what you don't have. Yet, but in a season of drought, when everywhere feels dry, when you don't feel like you have enough, when you don't feel like all the, all the work that you are put into something was, is ever going to amount to anything, when you just don't feel sufficient in, in, within yourself, those seasons are probably not the, even, are not the best seasons to gather people like that around yourself because all you ever do is compare. All you ever do is, oh man, look at that pastor. I'm talking about me as a pastor now. This is something I pro I done, I've done definitely. Man, look at that pastor. What can he preach? Right? What can he do that I can't do? What is What word is he preaching or teaching? How come they like going to his place and... And you're telling me to surround myself people like that? In that season, it would not make sense to me. Because instead of it being a question of, like I said... A question of inventory or what do they have that I don't have and how can I work to be better or how can they help me get better I wouldn't see it as a question of inventory instead I would see it as a question that reveals my insecurity does this make sense people Whew. man I don't know how many people are listening right now live or or, or in, on rebroadcast but I don't want you missing this word it's so good this word is so good this word is so good because I think about it, I think that one would have expected Elijah to tell the woman to borrow oil. Right? I'm, I'm thinking that when he says, go and ask, I'm thinking he would say for oil. What do you have? A little oil. Okay, go and look for more of that oil and try to you know, cook with it or something like that. But Elijah does not ask her to go and borrow oil i don't even know who borrows oil but you know what i'm saying elijah did not ask does not ask her to go and borrow oil and this is genuinely what we think god asks us to do sometimes when we feel drought 
We think God is so merciless that he would drag us in the mud just for him to be able to instill something in our minds. Like We think that God would put us through hell so we can, I don't know, but what, what I'm saying is, no. Elijah does not ask her to go and ask for oil. Elijah does not ask her to go and ask for more, for more of what she does not have. Instead, you know what Elijah says? Elijah asks her, he tells her, Go ask for empty jars. Whew, I love it so much. He says, Go and ask for empty jars. Go and ask for empty jars. Go and ask for empty jars. And then he says, Don't gather a few. <laughs> Don't gather a few jars. Get so many of them. And you know the next thing he tells her in verse 4? Then he tells her this. I'll read verse 4 to you. Look at, look at what he says. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Then he says, pour oil into all the jars. Pour oil into all the jars. And so the first thing he tells her to do is to ask for empty jars. Then the next is he tells her to pour. Everybody say pour. The first thing is ask. The second thing is pour. The, second, the first thing is to ask for empty jars. And the second thing is to pour. I'll tell, this would all, I'm telling you, it would all come together. It's all going to come together. It's all going to come together. Just follow me. Second thing is to pour. But you see, what I think about is, Elijah, because remember, now this woman does not have sufficient oil for herself. Matter of fact, when Elijah asked her, what do you have? She forgot it. She forgot about the oil because the oil does not matter. What she needed was money. The oil was nothing. The oil was not enough. They could barely even live on that oil. But yet she remembered because the oil was in, had an insignificant value compared to the problem that she was, she was facing at the time. The oil was not even enough for her. How much more enough for the creditors, people who her husband owed before he died. The oil wasn't sufficient for that. And so she didn't even think to even mention the oil in the beginning because it didn't matter. She didn't think to mention that skill because it didn't matter. She didn't think to, because it's just so little, it's so tiny. It's so puny, it doesn't matter at all. This week I was uh, supposed to write a profile for, for myself for the conference. As we're you know, working on, on flyers and all these things. We're supposed to write a profile. Uh, you know that profile where you write, read about some, a little bit about someone. And honestly, I was dry upstairs. This is going to be the second time in my entire ministerial life someone's asked me for my profile. And I've always felt dry. What do I write? He's a preacher. Duh. <laughs> what else have I done? And some things crossed my mind. Like, okay, I've done this. And that. But you're like, nah. They don't feel as big enough. They don't feel as, as things that should be written in a brochure with my picture next to you. Now, I'm just saying, like, oh, he's a this. Because they don't seem to amount to anything. They seem so little, so tiny, so insignificant. 
that they don't seem like things I have that that I would want to clap about. They don't, I mean, it's not like it's not like oh, Emmanuel Dike is the is the founder of a da 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 an organization that is now running its worth is running into billions of dollars. For example, I'm just saying it's not that, and so it doesn't seem as significant. So I honestly didn't even think to add it. Genuinely, I did not think to add it. So what I sent back was I just just put lead pastor. I I removed everything that I tried. I was like just put it in there, just put it lead pastor, because I did not feel enough. And so the same woman was feeling. This is the exact reason she must have skipped the jar of oil. Why? Because it wasn't. It was an insignificant value and worth and amount. It was an insignificant amount. But then the instruction from Elisha was, go and gather empty jars. Then he tells her to what? Pour. You see, Elisha did not tell her to gather in order to get the attention. Elisha did not tell her to gather to get. No, no, no. Instead, Elisha asked her. He told her in this passage what we just read. To gather. To give. What? Elisha did not tell her to gather in order to get. He didn't tell her to gather jars so she could beg her friends to help her with oil. That is how it gets in. No, instead, Elisha says, borrow empty jars, not filled ones. Borrow as many empty jars as you can get, or as you can get, so you can give into them. So you can pour into them. And I'll be shocked if I was told this back then, when I felt empty. When I all those signs where I do feel empty and dry, because I'm telling you, though you probably though you might be thinking, oh, that was like six months ago. Tell, let me tell you something. Trust me. So long as you live in this world, you're gonna be there. Oh my goodness, you're going to be in that season where you feel empty. You're going to be in that season where you when you, where you don't even desire to take inventory of what you currently have because it doesn't feel enough. You are not even going to want to do that thing that you normally would have loved to do because the passion is not as sufficient as it used to be. And now the only hope and strength that you think you do have right now, you would rather hoard it. You would rather hold on to it. You would rather hold it tight than ever giving it out. But remember, Elijah did not tell that woman to gather empty jars in order to get oil. No, 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 no. He told her, to gather he didn't say listen he didn't say gather and there shall be a rain of oil upon your house no instead he tells her gather empty jars in order to give into them to pour into them and i was shocked when this revelation came to me and honestly i tell you this this sermon i preached to you today live and direct came to me What's time now? Yeah, came to me about 12 hours ago. Last night as I went out to pray, I tell you, I had a different, I felt like I had a different word to come preach, but it just didn't feel like an now word. Until the Holy Spirit then started speaking to me last night. And I know that it's the Holy Spirit who spoke to me because honestly, it resonates with every fiber of my being. 
had a friend talk to me last week and she was just sharing with me or our current or ongoing ordeal she is a worship leader serves and loves god in this church and uh, she, she served in one of you know a well-known church in nigeria they are a campus in a different state and uh, she's serving in this other church now and she said she just feels the fatigue she just feels the dryness the emptiness the insignificance of the strength that she has and that's not how she put it i'm just saying it right i'm just putting it in my in context of my sermon and she was genuinely telling me that she's just having she's in that stage of her life right now where she feels the fatigue and honestly i'm not gonna lie to you i understood what she felt because i know what it feels like to be there I know what I know what it feels like to honestly feel empty. And what she was trying to tell me in that season was honestly, I just need a break from everything. I don't want to I don't want to do anything. I don't want to give anything anymore because you say you know that saying you can't give what you don't have. Genuinely, I don't want to give from even an empty cup. Right? I don't I, I don't want to give from an empty cup, but you see it's counterintuitive with God. See Elisha doesn't tell this woman to gather few jars. Elisha didn't, doesn't tell this woman to gather empty jars that there will be a rain of oil from heaven. Instead, he tells her to gather all the jars and pour into them. So the instruction was gather that you might give. And I love what happens in verse 5. You see, he says she left him and she shut the door behind her and her sons. And the brought the jars to her. And she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring one. Look, I said she kept pouring. You see, let me say this though. The miracle did not come because she tried to pour. No. The miracle came because she kept pouring. I need you to understand that the kind of oil that you that, that you need in your life. And for those who are probably like, what is oil? What is oil? Oil in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament times, was a depiction, an icon that represents or represented the Holy Spirit. Whatever a king is appointed in the land of Israel is is appointed with a in a particular style of or ritual because then that style or ritual would be for a priest or a prophet to have or take a flask of oil and pour that entire oil on this man's on this man's head and then he becomes king and Bible says the spirit of God fills him up. Listen, I don't I don't I don't want you to miss this. I don't want you to miss this. I don't want you to miss this because if you do miss it, oh my goodness, it's going to be so painful. If you if you live here today not knowing the power of what God is telling us and speaking to us today. Because you see, the Old Testament described the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit appeared in the form of the oil. Because wherever the oil came up, whenever the oil came upon someone, the Spirit of God was, you know, come, came upon them. The Bible says the oil was poured upon David. And the Bible says since that day, the Spirit of the Lord rested upon him. 
Bible says the oil, the same oil from the same prophet Samuel was poured on, on Saul. And Saul received the Spirit of God. And so the oil was a connotation, it was an icon that represented the Holy Spirit. And so though we see oil, cooking oil in this passage, I don't want us to have a closed mind. I want us to think and see, for, uh, see things for how they really are. Amen. I want us to understand the power of oil. Because you see, the oil only multiplied. The oil only, you know, increased. Not when it was hoarded. Not when it was kept or hidden. No. When it was poured. The oil only multiplies when it is poured. Listen. Listen to me and listen good. Listen to what I'm about to say to you. The Holy Spirit said this to me this morning as I was prepping for this sermon. He said this. What you maintain cannot multiply. Woo! I love it. What you maintain cannot multiply. You feel like you're in a season of drought right now. And you feel like you've only got little strength. And I've only got this little strength, this little hope, this little passion, this little glimmer in my eye. Let me try to maintain this. Let me hoard or hold on to this. But you know that what you do hold on to, what you do hoard, what you do maintain cannot multiply. Have you forgotten the story about the talents? Bible says the master gave his servants varying number of numbers of talents. Five, four, three. Once one servant was given one talent. Do you know what that one, ta one talent servant did? One talent Toby. That's what we're going to call him. One talent Toby. You know what one talent Toby did? He took his talent, that coin, whatever it is that it means. He took it and then he buried it. He buried his talent. He maintained it. And do you know what happened? When the master came back, the master rebuked him. Not just that. The master took the coin, the talent that he had given him, and gave it to the persons who multiplied, who took risks and multiplied. Because what you, what you maintain cannot multiply. The only reason there could be increase in the oil was not because the woman knew how to maintain, it was because she knew how to multiply. What am I saying? Sometimes, when you feel just downcast. And I have felt this way. You think every time I come here, come up here to preach, it is because it is my delight? You think I come here every, every week, whatever, to preach, and you think, oh my God, this guy just loves preaching. Of course, don't get me wrong, I love preaching. I will die on this altar. This is an altar I'm willing to die on. An altar of service to God. In the medium or media of, of preaching the gospel. I would die on this altar any day. But generally, I don't always feel like it. I don't always feel good about it. I don't always feel encouraged about it. But you see, the thing is, and I want you to pay attention now. When the master came back, he rebuked this person. The times when I have felt sad, and the times when you do feel sad, you don't feel happy enough. You don't feel like you've got enough strength. You don't feel like you've got enough courage inside of you. What do you do in those times? Most of the time, most of the time, we would rather people fill us up. 
As a minister for me, it would mean watching a billion sermons. You know, just putting myself in a place of receiving. And don't get me wrong, there is nothing wrong with receiving. The first thing this woman did was receive. After she asked, she received. Remember? So she received empty jars. Let me tell you something. The best gift any minister could ever give you in the time that you are downcast is empty jars. Thoughts to ponder on. New ways to see, to see life and the world and people around you. To give you empty jars. Empty, see, the gift of an empty jar is um, it's amazing. Even a disappointment could be an empty, empty jar. Because that, that void, only the Holy Ghost can fill it. But you need more room in your heart. You need more, you need more space. You need more empty jars. And so the first thing this woman does is she receives jars. Listen, I have tested and confirmed this principle I'm about to give you today. Whenever you feel sad, rather than trying to make yourself happy by spending time watching movies, books, comedy, entertaining yourself with friends, music, dancing, whatever, which I'm not, this, 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 this is not wrong in, in any way, right? Let me tell you something. Because even if you watch movies, you read books, you go out with friends, these things leave you, give you temporary joy. I'm telling you, I have done it. But do you know what fills you with an, over, an extended joy, like this joy that overflows? Do you know what it is? It is when I have a little joy inside of me. I don't have enough reasons even to be happy. I don't have enough joy or strength on my inside. I don't even have enough courage to believe that the Lord is my strength or the joy of the Lord is my strength. But I go out with the little that I've got. And I show up here every Sunday, bringing the word of God to you. I show up here every week. You hear my voice, you don't see my face. The times you see my face and you do hear my voice, you get my notes, you get my letters, you get my... You, I'm sounding like Paul all of a sudden. You get my letters, you, you get my, my parchments, right? You see all these things. They're not coming from a place where I am filled with this joy. No. The little joy that I have, I'm learning to give it out. Because the only way we ever get is when we do give. The only reason this woman's oil could multiply was because she gave. She gave. She gave. She didn't stop pouring. She gave into those jars. She kept pouring. And this is why I love a conference like Advance. So let me tell you something. Advance is a, is a great city. It's going to be an amazing time in God's presence. But there's also opportunity for you to serve. You don't feel strong enough. You don't see, feel bold enough. You don't feel encouraged enough. You don't feel significant enough. You don't feel skilled or talented enough. You just don't feel enough. You don't, you don't feel you're, like you're sufficient you know, enough or whatever. But the only way you can ever get your oil to superabound, to overflow and all that, is when you give up your oil. Only, the only way to get oil 
multiplied. To get oil multiplied is when you give it out. You've got to give up your oil. Serve. We have door orders. This another way of saying volunteers. People who who give your time. Prayer team. We're talking prayer team, worship team, uh, um, greeting. Well, uh, I don't know all these teams. We have about five to six teams. Security ushering. We've got all these teams. Serving a team today. Register. Right. Whatever it is. And show you are serving. That is the only way to give your oil. That's the only way to give your oil. Because that's the only way you get your oil back. Verse 5b. That's in verse 5 I read earlier. Said this. Look at what he says. Oh, verse 6b. I meant to say. Or just verse 6. He says, When all the jars were full, she said to our son, Bring me another one. But he replied, there's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. Then the oil stopped flowing. The oil stops when the pouring stops. Listen to me. The oil stops when the pouring stops. The oil stops when the pouring stops. Hey, listen, I don't know what I would have been doing if I, was not in, if I were not in ministry, but let me tell you something. I doubt I'd be this anointed today. I, would doubt, I doubt I'd be this anointed if I was not serving. Through all the times when I was feeling down, going through crisis, going through hard times, cold, different things, and, and different things being said about me and all that stuff. If I did not keep giving and showing up, I doubt I'd be this anointed today. Because the oil comes when the flowing comes, when the pouring comes. But the oil stops when the pouring stops. It's like, it's like getting good at a skill. Uh, let me see a skill that everybody probably should be able to relate with. Let me see uh, soccer, for example. Football. I look at people like... Ronaldo, for example, who I love a lot. I've, I've loved Ronaldo since he's signed back in Manchester United. He's the one who made me fall in love with Manchester United back in 2008 when we won uh, our Champions League. I believe that was probably the last time we won a Champions League, to be honest. Sad. Right. But Ronaldo started off, you know, he was, he was signed to Manchester United from Sporting FT, FC. And this boy was playing. He was good. But he, was make, he made mistakes in the beginning. But he kept working on his craft, kept working on his craft, kept working on his craft. Even when his father died, he was tempted to give up football, but he didn't. He kept working on his craft, he kept working on his craft, he kept working on his craft, he kept working on his craft. And today we see Ronaldo as this legend, this icon we all want. But let me tell you something, the only reason the oil for football <laughs> could be this great or, or much or heavy upon his life today was because in all those seasons where he could have quit, he kept pouring. In all those seasons when he could have quit, he could have retired from football years ago, but he didn't stop. He kept pouring. He kept pouring. He kept pouring. He kept pouring. He kept working on his skills. Is this skillful today? Is this fast today? 
Is this strong today? Is this famous today? Is this wealthy today? Because he kept pouring. Now, we're not talking about Ronaldo, we're talking about you. Raymond, Richard, whatever your name is. <laughs> what are you doing with your oil? Give up your oil. Let's bring your prayer this week. God, I give up my oil. This is my prayer all day, honestly, honestly, honestly. The greatest prayer that I think I've ever prayed in a long time. It's a prayer where I'm like, God, I give up my oil. I don't hoard it. I don't hold it. I give it up. Let me tell you something, people. Even for advanced conference, it's coming up in about four weeks. And let's shameless plug. Sign up, register today. Thank you. Um, I genuinely... We planned the entire conference, but I planned it without me. Like, I planned the entire conference without me. I, it was not even, it didn't even cross my mind that I was speaking. Genuinely. I know people often say, you didn't cross my mind, and you're like, nah, you crushed your mind. Stop lying. Stop trying to be humble, fake humble. But no, for real, it did not cross my mind. Until this past week, I was talking to, with uh, someone and another person, and they kind of were both hinting at the same thing. And I'm like, well, the reason I've, I didn't really think of myself was because I don't think I have got enough oil. That's not how I said it genuinely, but that's what I meant. I didn't think I've got it. I, I, had not, I, have, I don't even think, I, I mean, this is me I'm talking in present tense because that's why I said back in that time. I said, I don't, I don't think I've got enough oil to give these people. I mean, to stand on this exalted stage and we've got hundreds of people in the hall. What do I want to give to them that they haven't heard before? I'm just a small kid who got entrusted in ministry into his hands. I just want to be a person who, you know, you know, just gathers people. You know, do you know the funny thing? It's really what I hoped to happen uh, was I felt I genuinely, genuinely, this is true, this is true. I, I know I said so many genuinely over the last months, but I love the word genuinely. Genuinely, truly, truly, very, very, I say unto you. My mind for the conference was just to go and get. I was gathering people and gathering ministers, people who will come, and so I can get oil. Genuinely. I'm telling you truthfully. That is what my intention was. I want to get oil. I want to get oil. I'm gathering these people so I can get oil. I'm gathering these people so I can get oil. But over the last 24 hours, God has shifted my mindset from don't gather to get, Emmanuel. Gather to give. That's how you get oil. That's how you get refueled. That's how you get oil. You gather to give, not gather to get. Book of Genesis chapter 22 talks about Abraham and Isaac. Isaac was a boy, I don't know how old, probably like 20 years old or so. When God came and spoke to Abraham and said, Abraham, I need your son. Now remember, God had promised Abraham that he shall become the father of many nations. But at this point, God only gave them a son through his wife, Sarah. And so this is all that he had. This is all of his joy. This is all of his peace. This is all that makes sense in the entire world to him. This boy, he loves this boy with the whole of his heart. He will die a billion times over before the hair or a tooth falls out of his son's mouth. 
he would kill a lion and, his, and a bear just to cover his son with their skin. He do anything that needs to be done. Talking about Abraham now. He will do anything that needs to be done because of how much he loves his son, Isaac. But then God shows up in the book of Genesis 22 and says this, Isaac, I'm sorry, Abraham, and your son. Look at it. I'm just trying to flip my Bible there. I don't have all the time in the world. We just got a few more minutes. I just have to rush through this. It says this. God said, Abraham, here I am. Abraham replied. God said, take your son. Your only son, whom you love, Isaac. You see, God had to be really specific right now. He had to be really specific. God, God said, take Isaac and go to the Mount region of Moriah or Mount Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain that I will show you. I genuinely, <laughs> I think of it, I think of if it was me. Because remember, the house of Abraham had not had a reason to rejoice in a long time. The only thing, or the only time it was recorded, that Abraham or Sarah laughed, was when the topic of Isaac was mentioned. A year before they had Isaac, the angel of the Lord appeared and said, you shall have a child by this time next year. And the Bible says Sarah laughed. And the year after, guess what? They had Isaac. Ishak. In the Hebrew, which means laughter. So this has been their oil of gladness. Isaac was, so Abraham was there, was his oil of joy. But then God asked him, gather a few sticks. Go up to Mount Moriah and give up your son. Gather to give. Gather to give. And then early the next morning, you see, Abraham didn't even ponder upon it or spend days fasting and praying, asking God to change his mind. No, 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 no. Abraham didn't do that. Instead, early, very early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him. And um, let's just jump right to verse, verse um, 9. And when they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood in it. And he bound his son Isaac. You see, he was serious. And laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Maybe he was thinking at this point, oh, we got to change his mind. No, God didn't. God didn't say a word. Placed Isaac on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. So I'm guessing he put, he put Isaac on the altar and he's there like, God, would you change your mind now? God, would you say anything? I don't let me do it. Are you going to let me do it or not let me do it? Okay, go on and do it. He put, it, he put, it, he put some sticks. God didn't say a word. Are you going to say anything, God? No, he didn't. He put, um, he bound his son. God, are you going to say anything? God didn't. He put his son on the altar. God, are you going to say anything? God didn't say anything. You're not going to say anything? He didn't say anything. God, you're being serious right now? You're not going to say anything? God didn't say anything. And then Abraham, he reached for his knife. And was about to slay his son when he heard a voice from heaven telling him, Abraham, Abraham. And again he replied, here I am. 
And then the angel of the Lord said, do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And I'm telling you, look at, what, look at the blessing God gave him afterwards. The angel of the Lord said to Abraham from heaven the second time, and, I, and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your oil of gladness, your oil, your only oil, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants, thank you Jesus, as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of, their, of the cities and their enemies. And through your offspring, all nation on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. See, the oil came because Abraham gave. He gave up his oil. And that's the only way the blessing could come afterwards. In the New Testament, we were told of a story. I tell this and I bounce so you can uh, wrap up and keep the time. In the New Testament, we're told of a story in the book of John chapter 12 and verse 1 to 3. And in this story, we're told of Mary. This Mary comes in one day. Jesus is reclined against the table. This is after he had resurrected Mary's brother Lazarus. Probably a few weeks afterwards, we find Jesus in this same back in Bethany again with Lazarus and everybody all reclined against the table. And Mary walks in with an alabaster box. King James calls it an alabaster jar. A perfume of pure nard. It's in it's an expensive perfume. Judah called it, and Judas called it an expensive perfume. And you know what she did? She broke it at the feet of Jesus, poured all of this, that fragrance, that oil on Jesus' feet and used our air to wash it, wash his feet. You see, here's how I know that that oil must have cost Mary everything. They live in a place called Bethany and the Hebrew Bethany means place or house of rags. It was a place where poor people lived. They were not wealthy in Bethany. And so for Mary to have gotten this oil, it means she probably got gathered all of our savings. Gathered every saving around her. Everything. And she bought oil. Not for herself. But she bought it only to break it. Only to give it. At the feet of Christ Jesus. Hey, listen to me right now, wherever you're listening from Liparagadabadash. Thank you, Jesus. You can be on your feet right now where you're literally listening from to me. Listen to me from today. She gave all that oil. And she did not care about the cost. Listen, God is calling us his church, his children, his people to give up our oil without putting into consideration the cost. Would you just pour out your oil today at the feet of Jesus? Do not care about the cost. What does pouring out the oil look like for you today? Would that mean giving? Would that mean serving? You don't have enough resources, but you know if you maintain, you doesn't multiply. 
How about you give that resource? Hey, listen, Advance is coming up. That's a great place to give your, your time. That's a great place to give your strength. That's a great place to give your even resources, your finances, your whatever it is, your talents. That's a great place to serve. That's a great place to give your oil. That's a great place. Listen, conference is a great place to give your oil because the only way we can overflow, like it says in the book of Psalms, the oil that is on Aaron's head flows down to his beard, down to the end of his garments. Maybe that means it's talith. I don't know. It's the leaf. I don't know. But that means talith in Hebrew is a prayer show. And, and so the oil flowed from the head of Heron down to his beard and down to his talith, his prayer shawl. The only reason the oil can overflow and run over was because he gave. The only way you can really run over is when you give up your oil. Don't hoard it. If you hoard it, it will become empty. Don't hoard it. Give it. I'm very sure that Mary, the one who broke uh, and gave her all to Jesus, who broke it at his feet, was amongst the women who saw him rise. Hey, listen. The only way you can receive the blessing and that new revelation, fresh revelation of God, really, is when you give it up. Because one thing I didn't tell you, and one thing that's not written in your text, but um, scholars have it. The Mount Moriah is just a stone throw away from Calvary, Golgotha. And when the angel of the Lord ministered to Abraham, told him not to kill his son, he told him, look behind you, there's a ram whose horn is stuck amongst or within thorns. It was an image to Abraham of revelation, telling him of a greater lamb who would one day wear a thorn and would be hung and sacrificed and crucified on a hill, the one behind Abraham. Listen to me today, somebody. The oil that would flow over you in the coming days would be, oh my God, the anointing would quadruple, it would multiply the anointing of God, the approval of God, the backing of God, the hand of God will become more evident in your life only when you give up your oil. In January this year, in our 14 days of, 14 days of um, fasting and prayer momentum, one of the days, God gave me a vision, and in the vision, he spoke to me. He said this, he said, in the days of drought, Emmanuel, don't stop digging. And what that translates to me right now as I speak to you, as I'm giving you the same word, I'm telling you, this is a word I've only shared with one person in my entire life, ever since I got that vision. And what, this, what that means is this, when I feel empty, when I feel dry, or I feel like I am with limited strength, that is exactly the best time to give. I'm not saying don't rest, I'm not saying don't take breaks. I mean, I'll be going on my own break like two months from now to recuperate, to get stronger. But that doesn't mean I stop serving. That doesn't mean I stop worshiping. That doesn't mean I stop doing the things I know I would do. 
That doesn't mean because I can even if I if I stay home for a year in the beat to get stronger, I feel more miserable because the anointing is what really needs to multiply. If the anointing multiplies, your strength would follow suit. If the oil multiplies, I'm telling you, your, your finances will follow suit. But the only way you can multiply is not when you maintain, it's when you give it away. It says in the book of Mark, I believe, I think it's Mark chapter, uh, is it 8 now or chapter 10? I can't remember where. It says in the book of Mark, he said, and, and I'll read it and then we pray. Because I want to make sure that you live here today knowing this is Mark chapter 8, rather. Mark chapter 8, I'm very sure. Mark 8, yep, in verse 35. Mark chapter 8 and verse 35 says this. For, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. But whoever holds on to their oil will eventually lose it. But to the one who gives his oil away, breaks like an alabaster jar, saying, I'll waste my life again and again on you, Jesus. To them it's given an immeasurable, an immeasurable, exceeding abundantly above all they could ever ask for. An oil that transcends time, space, and generation. It is to them that this is committed. So right now, with, an op with open hands right now, I just wanted you to cry out to God and say, God, I give up my oil. 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 Father, we all give up our oil to you, Jesus, today. Use us, God. Use us, God, the, you want, the way you want us to be, the way you want to, God. We pour everything out. We, as insufficient as we may feel, as it may seem, God, we pour everything out. Thank you, Spirit of God. May your name be praised. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Come on, for, for every person right now who is saying, I give up my oil, and now I'm, I'm going to be giving up my oil at conference. I'm going to be pouring out everything, the littlest, even to the smallest, every resource that I've got, everything that I know that I have inside of me. I'm taking inventory now, not to be insecure, but I'm taking inventory to know what I need to pour out, what I need to give again and again and again. You're like, I don't have enough, but that little that you've got is all that God needs. All you have... It's all you need, I'm telling you. All you have is all you need. Give up your oil and see God do great and mighty things. Come on, give God a praise right now because he's worthy of our praise now and forever. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen.